Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcast, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Opus Wealth Style Podcast. Uh, this is the part five segment of our biggest threats in retirement. Um, on today is a great partner of mine, Rob Pruitt. What's going on, Rob? Hey, everything's great, Ivan. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being on. I'm really excited to have you. For today's podcast and threats in retirement, we want to talk a little bit about legislative and economic changes as a, as a major threat to retirement. And I love your input and insight on this. Before we kind of dive into it, I'd love for you to share with the audience what retirement means to you. Well, personally, I look forward to what I call retirement being a time when I can focus my life a lot more around my passions, a lot more family, friends, health, having a positive impact on others. But interestingly, this career I'm in now allows me to do a lot of that. My perspective on retirement's really changed quite a bit in the last 15 years because I'm watching and helping lots of other people approach, get into, and execute their own retirements. I see a lot of what other people think it is. I see a lot of what other, the soup of challenges in retirement that people have to live in and execute through and manage through and improve. Boy, we're in one of the more challenging times in my career right now. Most definitely, most definitely. And I know you've kind of walked, or not kind of, you have walked many clients approach and 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 execute and live through their retirement. Why don't we talk a little bit about what economic threats or legislative threats do you think clients need to be thinking about and, and how do they plan around that? The planning approach used to be a little simpler. Uh, you did your very best to accumulate assets. Then you put them in a 50-50, 40-60, 60-40 portfolio. You got a blended return of 8% and after inflation, something closer to 4 or 5%. And you left your assets alone and you lived on the 4 to 5% with Social Security, perhaps a pension, and that was enough. What's happening today is that market outlook of 8% gross over time and after inflation, 5 or 6% net, it's turned into maybe 5% gross and only about 3% net. So clients in today's environment need 20 to 25% more assets to produce the originally planned for income. And the reason for that is interest rates have gone, in the last 30 years, we've had a, a bull market for interest rates because as interest rates have come down from 15% in 1981 in a checking or savings account at a bank, to well under 1% today, even for a government 10-year bond, boy, it's hard to produce income for retirees just looking at bond and other sort of bond-like elements. 
Yeah. Can you just repeat that one more time? Can you just repeat that one more time, Rob? I think I, I, I want people to really settle into that reality, especially for the millennials out there that haven't had a chance to live through that. I think people really need to understand what the interest rate environment was and is today. The interest rate environment 1981, the 10-year treasury was at 15%. These were the Jimmy Carter rock and roll, really high inflation years. It wasn't a great time for a lot of businesses and operations in the economy, but it was a terrific time for people who were living on a fixed income and who were trying to get returns in their bank. My father retired with the money he got from selling his house and he put it in the bank at 15% and he had more income than when he worked. That's incredible. But boy, times changed over the next five, 10, 15 years as that 15% interest rate return rocketed down to a more normal three or 4%. And in today's environment, it's one or less. When you're getting one or less on the bond portion of your portfolio, and then inflation is 2%, It means you're actually negative and you have to dig into the basis of your assets you have to keep your income up. It becomes more and more challenging for retirees who can't just live off what they have and the assets that throw off that interest and dividend and capital gains. But all of a sudden, if they were bond oriented and very risk averse, they're now having to use their real money, not just the money their money makes. Right. I think it's so important, again, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about lately is how retirement planning has evolved over time. Because again, if you planned your retirement in an interest rate environment of 15% and you thought that was going to be consistent forever, you're running into some major issues today when you try to get a yield in a savings account and you're, you know the highest one out in the market is 0.75%. So how do you help people or how would you recommend people kind of evolve over time through their planning? Well, you have to be flexible, number one. Number two, we have to be more creative. We have to get bond-like returns from other places. They've been fine and up until about a year, year and a half, two years ago. And now you really have to think about other ways to get it. Use a little more risk if necessary in certain areas. Dividend stocks from high quality, top 50 American firms. High yield, The best part of high yield bonds, you have to use the what's called a barbell approach in municipal bonds. So you get tax-free income, but you have to, here's what's going to happen. Over the next three years, interest rates are going to supposedly stay right where we are. Very low, locked in. We just got off a call with the Federal Reserve this afternoon, and it's still lower for longer through 2023 at less than 1%. So it's going to be the same here for a while. There are a couple of ways to attack it. As I mentioned, a better diversified portfolio, alternatives to bonds like uh, private equity, hedged income, hedge funds, and even more importantly, we're using more annuity type products to produce recurring lifetime income and shifting the risk to others. A client whose bond interest has sort of disappeared, we can put some of their money into annuity type products where we're going to effectively get a four, five, six percent return for the rest of their lives, no matter what happens to interest rates. That's a further diversification of how we hold their some of their assets and how we get their assets to be more productive. In many cases, we have to be more efficient in how we think about taxes. Right. And going to the annuity piece, it's funny because 
I think annuities get a bad rap out in the marketplace. Maybe they're misunderstood or they were not properly used. But it sounds like what you're saying is that that might be a good place for some folks to consider some of their dollars to get some returns during retirement where they otherwise might not be able to create that type of yield. Yeah, basically what you're doing is you're getting rid of a challenge and a risk of not being able to produce a 2 or 3 or 4% return for yourself in your bond portfolios and shifting that to an insurance company. The reason the insurance company can do it is a couple of reasons. One, their investment portfolio is a 50 or 60 year portfolio. They can invest in commercial real estate, all kinds of long-term bonds. Their interest rate return doesn't change drastically overnight. They have a very long position in their portfolio because they have to be ready to produce short and long-term returns to their annuity holders and their life insurance policy holders. The, the annuity rates are better also because you're in a pool with other people who hold an annuity like you. And some of the return you're going to get in your 80s and 90s are from people who aren't here anymore because they passed away early. And some of their money and their original commitments can now be shifted to that part of the annuity holder population in, in the pool with you who live long and, and beat the system. There's 30 years to support most retirement plans because one or both members of a couple are going to live into their 90s. And if you start to think about retirement at 60 or 65, as a planner, I need to think about 30 or 35 years of supporting you. So the challenge for both of us, the challenge is for the client to amass assets, be flexible, be ready to move when we have to, to make changes, then for me to stay on top of things and be aggressive and, and, and forward-looking on how we can uh, make changes that are required. And who knows, six or eight years from now, when interest rates are back, maybe at an average of three or four instead of under one, maybe we're going back to a pretty vanilla 60-40 portfolio and making it happen. Even if the annuity happens now and we make those adjustments, the client will still be in a, in a good place. It's a challenging time and we need a team of people to help our clients. Absolutely. So what, what it sounds like you're saying is flexibility is just paramount to whatever strategy you're going to put in place, because as you said, things change, right? Interest rate interest rates have changed. You talked a little bit about sort of legislative changes. What do you think, what conversations are you having with folks as it relates to taxes? You know, we're, we're coming up on, on January. Sounds like we're having a new administration in January, which may or may not come with some tax changes. What are your conversations with clients and, and what are you what are you foreseeing? The government and our tax laws and now the COVID-19 condition we're in have really caused us to think and focus very aggressively on what taxes are all about and what's probably going to happen in the next one or two years. The background right now is that we have a new tax law that was instigated in 2017 that runs through 2025. It's lower tax rates for individuals, the ones we're enjoying now. It's lower tax rates for corporations, which in many cases creates more profitability, higher dividend payments, which then ultimately helps the shareholders. This year, with issues on the horizon, it's very obvious to me and to many that this law through 2025 will probably not live that long. 
it'll get changed. It'll get changed by a new administration. It'll get changed by debts and deficits. The U.S. government's running. In 2019, the government ran an annual deficit of a trillion dollars, which sounds like a lot, and it is. But this year, it's going to be three to 3.8 trillion, depending on what the Senate passes next week to help with the remainder of the COVID issues we're going to have to uh, bridge until our economy is all the way back, probably in the back half of next year. So what I'm trying to allude to is it doesn't really matter whether it's one party or the other in the White House or in the Senate or in, in the House. Over the next three, four, five years, the government's going to have to raise tax rates. For us, that's a real condition that says we have to plan aggressively and make use of these low tax rate years we're enjoying now based on the split Congress that we think we're going to have. I don't think the new administration will be able to change the tax laws next year. So we may have 2022 to enjoy today's low tax rates. So what are we doing? We are recognizing capital gains and tax loss harvesting in our accounts as quickly as we can because there's a chance capital gains taxation, which is 0, 15, or 20%, may get wiped out and just you'll have to pay your normal uh, earned income rate. And for high income earners, that could be as high as 39.6% plus state taxes. So you could be up in the 45, 48% range instead of 20 plus state for 27. Almost a doubling of capital gains rates potentially on the horizon. The other thing is that if, if tax rates are going to go up a few years from now, then this is a really good time to take income. This is a good time to think about IRA to Roth conversions, not just for retirees, but for anyone who has an IRA or a 401k that they can distribute money out of and turn it over into a Roth IRA, which is income you have to declare this year and add on to what you make, but at least it's at a low rate. And I love the idea of trying to reposition assets aggressively over the next couple of years before we're almost definitely looking at higher rates. And as a retiree, wouldn't you love to have a bigger portion of your assets in a Roth condition where it's growing tax-free, it you can access it tax-free, and it's a perfect legacy asset to pass on to your heirs and they'll never be taxed on it. Uh, while we're on that topic, another law that changed just back in March is the extension of IRA assets where you can move them to your heirs and then your heirs can stretch them over their lifetimes. This IRA stretch is gone. That's another way that government's getting their taxes sooner. So if someone passes away this year or last year, they would have, let's say, sent $400,000 to two of their children. And those children could stretch that $200,000 of payout over their lifetimes. Now, each of those children have to take the $200,000 within 10 years and have to pay the tax on it. So in a perfect world, they'd take 20 grand a year for 10 years and they'd have to pay taxes on it. And then mom and dad's inheritance is now in their pockets, net of taxes, no more stretch. But what happens if you've moved those assets into a Roth IRA? Well, now your kids get the $200,000 each and there's no taxes. So it doesn't matter how, how they take it, when they take it. It just adds tax-free gross equals net to their asset base. 
there's every reason to really have an eye open for taxes, to think about this Roth conversion. And for younger people and even middle-aged people, how do we cross the finish line and go into retirement with our assets positioned better? Right. I mean, I, it, it seems like when we're having a conversation with clients, we're evaluating all of the assets, figuring out how is it taxed? What are the rules around that taxation? And a conversation that I often have is I'd, I'd rather have my clients pay taxes while they're working, while they have deductions, while they the tax environment is relatively low and pay the taxes up front and have dollars that they can depend on in retirement that will go farther regardless of what the administration is, regardless of what the tax rates look like during retirement. Because if somebody's approaching retirement in the next couple of years, it could potentially be a very expensive retirement because of what the taxes are gonna look like potentially over the next, say, four years, right? So planning accordingly and as early as possible is gonna be really important. It, it, that's sort of what I'm hearing you say. If you leave people alone, they're going to cross the finish line with maybe 80% of their savings in retirement accounts, and they're going to ride the tax wave for the rest of their retirement career. Ideally, they're going to end up with their assets in four or five or six different conditions, some taxable, some partially taxable, a couple of those hopefully tax-free. So if tax laws change, if market returns change in a particular year, you want to have the flexibility of creating your income by reaching into the different, one or more of those different five buckets, depending on which one is best for you under cash flow, taxes, and whatever's happening in the marketplace or with interest rates this year or right now. Clients will have these tax-free buckets that they might leave alone and let them grow. But if there's years where the market is depressed and their IRA is down 15%, well, they want to leave that alone and let it recover. So they want to reach into another tax-free place where there's maybe safer assets, where they can get those and they're not waiting for a recovery. So you can be flexible and have some choice on how you create your income most efficiently. And that helps you conserve your assets. The last point that I'll make in that those buckets is back to one of the annuity thoughts. If annuities are producing 5 6% for life, no matter what. It means you take some pressure off some of the other components of your retirement structure. You don't have to chase returns hard, and you don't have to ride the stock market as much with the rest of your assets. So I really like having four, five, six different components that we can manage and have flexibility with and help clients sleep at night and feel good about their ability to continue to make the retirement income they're going to need to live on. Yeah, I just think everything that you've been saying today really lends itself to the power of flexibility during retirement, right? I think we can't control what the government does from a legislative change. We don't know what the interest rates are going to look like during various parts of our life. So just having money in different places, having flexibility in the strategy using whatever we have in today's environment to kind of make a, a decision, an informed decision, is going to prove to be the best strategy going forward. Based off this, I mean, Rob, I, I'd love for you to kind of share just one closing thought with the audience, one closing takeaway that, that's important to you. There, there's one other topic I want to make sure we get to today. It still has to do with tax laws. And there's a wide open window right now for people with significant assets and wealth 
to do intergenerational planning and what's called trust and estate planning. The government allows each spouse to move $11.7 million during their lifetime out of their estate without having to pay estate taxes at their death. I really believe that, again, with the government chasing taxing tax revenues, they're going to do a couple of things. They're going to knock that $11.7 million window for each spouse back down to what it used to be, closer to $5 million, if not three and a half each. So we have clients today who may not be in the $7 million plus range, but they will be by the time they retire, and they may be even larger than that in their asset base, even into retirement. So you have to do that planning today, no matter what age you are, and you need to do it with a, an eye open to, hey, they may change the laws on us. And right now the, we have great laws with, in which to plan. Another thing called step up in basis, grandparents used to save their General Electric or IBM stock, they got it $8, that's now at 145, and wait and give it to their grandkids. And when their grandkids inherited it from them at their death, it went up to today's market price. And the grandkid could sell it the very next day with no taxes. Well, if they get rid of that step up in basis law, it means when the grandparent dies, the $8 IBM stock that's now trading at 145, the estate has to pay tax on that gain within the first year of returning the tax return post-death. There are all kinds of changes going on and people cannot sit still and assume their trust and estate planning is in a great place. And even if you're 35 years old, a young married couple with your first child on the way, you have to be doing this kind of stuff and you have to be proactive about it. The, the, the thing I would leave everybody with is the world's changing quickly. The marketplace is changing quickly. You need to be better diversified than ever. You need to be better diversified in the way you save, the way you hold your assets, the way you invest your assets, and you need to be diversified in your thinking. You can't just think the way you always have. You have to be ready for new ideas. You have to be willing to step up to the challenge. And I often say to clients, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think and what exactly what I'd like you to do and make the best recommendation I can as though it's me with my knowledge sitting inside your life. I hope you follow me. And if you don't, that I understand and that's okay, but I'm always going to tell you what I think. And then I'm going to keep changing what I think because times <laughs> will change. So, so it's, it's a never ending cycle where our clients can often look back at the hard decisions they made and feel really good about them. And yet they're still challenged because the future's looking like it just made a right-hand turn and six months later, it's making a left-hand turn. This is a great time for people to really take inventory while uh, maybe they are spending more time in their house and not at their office than they used to. And I'm finding I have a little bit more time to spend with clients because they aren't quite commuting every day and in their office every day. And they are actually starting to think about their personal and future financial lives a little more seriously and with a little more focus. So I would invite everyone that listens to this to take that personal inventory and reach out for help. Rob, thank you so much as always for the conversation. I get so much insight from our conversations. I'm sure the audience did as well. That is going to close the Threats in Retirement podcast series for the Opus Wealth Style podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. As always, I want to thank uh, my wonderful partners, Russ Carpentieri, 
Rob Pruitt, Adam Rolowitz, George Papanicolau, and Lou Moan for being wonderful experts in their particular field. I love having them on to the audience. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please share this with friends and family. I really do think it's going to be something valuable for people to hear. And as always, click subscribe below to subscribe to our podcast and get notified when new episodes have been released. Thank you all for listening to the Opus Wellstyle podcast. I'm Ivan Watanabe. Hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Material discussed is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Guardian and its subsidiaries do not issue or advise regarding reverse mortgages. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Yvonne Wantanabe and Robert Pruitt are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC. Yvonne Wantanabe and Rob Pruitt are financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 0H44206. Compliance Approval 2020-113508 expires 12 of 2022.